It's Crossover Thursday. Today I joined David Harrison of Locked On Bucks to talk about this weekend's game between the New York Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. David will lead us in on this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Jets and Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? What's up, Gang Green? Is it still Gang Green, John? Is that so what Jets fans are calling Indeed themselves? Indeed it is. Indeed there you go. it is. What's up, Gang Green? Welcome to this Crossover Thursday episode of your favorite Locked On podcast show. I'm David Harrison. He's John Butchko. Both of us on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm hosting the Bucks podcast with my partner, James Yarko. John, of course, representing our New York Jets fan base. I'm on Twitter at DHarrison82, and John is the smartest man on this entire network, not found on social media. That's okay. You can find all of his great work at the Locked on Jets podcast. Of course, it's Crossover Thursday here at the Locked on Podcast Network, so we're here to talk about this Week 17 matchup, Uh, typically the last week of the NFL season, right? But it's 2021. It's a new year. It's a new league. It's actually the second to last week of the NFL season. And, John, coming into this game, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking for – playoff seating in the nfc and the nfl playoff race the new york jets are looking for what they're looking for a win uh they got one last weekend over jacksonville they have now doubled their win total over the 2020 season which i guess is progress in some respects but jacksonville is not that good of a team and while the jets were probably more impacted by covid last week they had about 20 players on the list now that includes the practice squad players the jaguars were missing some key players too This is an opportunity for the Jets to punch above their weight class and really end their season on a high note. You know, beating Jacksonville, look, it's a win. But I think if you string together two straight wins, if you string together a winning streak near the end of the season, and one of those wins is over the defending Super Bowl champions, a team that looks like it's one of the top contenders to win it all again, that would build you some momentum heading into this offseason, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that gives a lot of people a lot of reason to be excited and, and something to build off of. And for the Buccaneers on their on their side of the ball, I think what you're looking for is you're looking to finish the season strong uh, and, and all season long. I think it, it comes with the territory when, you're, when your team comes off of a Super Bowl victory, uh, but then even more so for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, returning all of their starters and most of the role players, if not all the role players, uh, key role players anyway, from that Super Bowl team. The story has been all season long trying to draw parallels back to the Super Bowl winning season of 2020. And, and you look at some of the ugly losses against like the New Orleans Saints. And and we all like to point out the fact that, well, both times the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, they got swept in the regular season by the New Orleans Saints. So that's actually a good thing that you lose nine to nothing to a division rival. Not a bad thing. That's how we justify those things. So for the for the Buccaneers, similar to last season, you want to see them end the regular season on a high note and with a win on the road against the New York Jets. They got a nice solid win against Carolina Panthers last weekend. Again, kind of like you were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not exactly the heavyweight matchup that a lot of people are going to hang their hat on. You're not going to look back at a win against Carolina. And this matchup kind of feels a little bit uh, similar. And maybe the Jets will feel a little bit offended uh, by that. Maybe feel a little disrespected because they are. They're they're a roster full of NFL players, right? So what is the biggest storyline for this Jets squad as we get ready to, to enter this weekend's matchup? Well, David, first of all, I did not realize that losing to a division rival was a positive thing. It sounds like maybe the Jets are the team on their way to a dynasty, not the Buccaneers, if that's the case. I mean, we, we are we're the 72 Dolphins if, if losing to uh, losing to a division rival is a good thing. But the top story for the Jets is COVID. Yeah. Last week, the team had an outbreak. As I mentioned, 
around 20 players were on the list. Again, it included some practice squad players. It included some guys who were further down on the depth chart, but it also included some prominent players and it included their head coach. The Jets were coached by in that game. Uh, Ron Middleton, the tight ends coach, ran the team in that game and actually did a really good job. He was very aggressive. He called a great game. He went for it a number of times on fourth down, did not always work out, but I appreciated the, the aggressiveness in the late season game between two teams near the bottom of the NFL standings. The team showed a lot of fight for him. And I mentioned this on Monday's show. I don't want to overstate the idea that the Jets played hard because these are professionals. I think sometimes it's easy to overstate when your team's out of the race. Oh, these guys played hard. They could have quit. Well, you know, these guys are professionals. They are expected to go out there and play well. Their future deter- is, de- is dependent on putting good film out there. But the Jets played hard for Ron Middleton, and I think he deserves some credit for that. But Robert Sala, the head coach, is back this week. And on Wednesday, the Jets were able to activate a number of players off the COVID list. Now, some of these guys are not necessarily key players. Joe Flacco is the backup quarterback. Kenny Yuboa is a depth tight end. Lamar Jackson is kind of a practice squad corner. He's not that Lamar Jackson. But there were some key players. Michael Carter, the second starting slot corner, could be back. Foley Fatukasi, who's a, a a defensive lineman who gets a lot of playing time. He's back. And they're also hoping to get a number of players back over the next couple of days, you have a starting guard, Laurent Duverday-Tardif. The other starting guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, John Franklin Myers, who's a starting defensive lineman. Ashton Davis, who is a starting safety. Now, he's not that great. He's a guy who doesn't yeah. take very good angles and misses a lot of tackles, so he's more of a liability. But it seems like the Jets team that we see this Sunday could be at much closer to full strength than the one that took the field against Jacksonville last week. I mean, I equated the Jacksonville game to kind of a preseason game because both teams had so many guys out that you were seeing players come up from way down the depth chart to play. But let me ask you, David, what's the key storyline for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering this one? Yeah, I think, I think it's similar, you know, and it's health kind of in general. And again, especially as you get in towards the playoff run, you want to make sure you're as healthy as possible. And the Buccaneers uh, were very, very lucky in 2020 to be very healthy throughout the season and then heading into the playoffs, especially, but then this season, uh, not so much in December. You see Jamel Dean and uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, two of their top three cornerbacks on the team, both on the COVID list. Mike Evans, the star wide receiver, also on the COVID list. And uh, in fact, his health is is actually jeopardizing his continuation of his own record, his streak that broke Randy Moss's streak of 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start an NFL career. Mike Evans is, is oh so close to extending that streak, but he's got to play, and, and he's got two more games uh, to do it in, and, and he's very he's w- well within striking distance. I mean, in theory, with the, with the number one passing uh, offense in the NFL, you could, you know, fe- uh, feasibly set the record uh, in the first half of a given game, but you have to be on the field. So Mike Evans being on the COVID list. And then, like you mentioned with Robert Sala, Bruce Arians now on the COVID list as well with these new protocols, you could see them on the field, but then injury wise, you know, it doesn't matter what the protocol is. If you have an injury uh, that's going to hold you out of the game, it's going to hold you out of the game. Shaquille Barrett, uh, one of their top sack guys is, is, is a DNP on Wednesday with a knee injury. And then Antonio Brown, who, because of the season-ending injury to Chris Godwin, uh, is, is obviously your number two guy. But now with Mike Evans, potentially yeah, he's your number one guy. Had a pretty good game coming back from his suspension. So you want to see that continue. But he's also limited on Wednesday. And you know Wednesday injury reports are always a huge grain of salt. But I think it's kind of the same deal, right? Obviously, you have the playoff seeding uh, situation, so you need to win. Because the Green Bay Packers may win out themselves, and it doesn't really matter what you do. But you need to at least keep the door open and give yourself the opportunity. And that starts with the win, which the players who are available when the time comes, that's what's going to make kind of crossovers a little bit difficult. We were talking about that before we recorded. 
we're going to talk about some of these players and, and they may not even be there or they may be there and we may not talk about them because right now they're on the COVID list. Things are, are definitely interesting uh, this time of year with everything going on. Uh, but in order for the players to win, they got to get on the field. That's going to lead us to matchups. And we're going to talk about those key matchups between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets as they get ready to meet each other for week 17 in the NFL season. And at the end of the show or towards the end of the show, we're going to talk about betting lines. Those betting lines are going to be brought to you by betonline.ag. Our friends, our sponsors who have you covered all holiday season. They had you covered through Thanksgiving, through Christmas football. They've got you covered through the new year into the playoffs with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As we get to the college football playoffs, more on that in a minute. And, of course, the pro football playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all your sports action. So head over to their redesigned mobile or desktop website. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit and use the promo code Locked On. If you're not there for football action, if you want basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, they've even got your favorite Vegas casino games. You want to throw a few dollars down on a couple hands of uh, blackjack, you can go ahead and do that there as well. So don't wait. Take advantage of everything available for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait. Take advantage of everything available. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Thanks again, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Jets listeners and viewers. If you're a Jets fan watching us over here on YouTube, of course, we appreciate you dropping by. Make sure you check out John Butchko at the Locked On Jets podcast. We thank you for making your favorite Locked On podcast show your first listener review every single day. Make sure you check out our ultimate college football playoff preview for 2021 local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. And John, some teams more than others looking towards the NFL draft. Believe me, I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers longer than Tom Brady has probably been aware that they're an NFL franchise. So I know what it's like to be looking towards the NFL draft in December. But again, still plenty to play for. You mentioned the guys are putting film on tape. These guys, you know, there's, there's no people talk about tanking, right? In the National Football League, especially for draft picks and all that thing. And I won't say that organizations don't tank sometimes, right? By putting in the third string quarterback to get experience. But the players aren't going out there to tank, right? It doesn't matter if it's Zach Wilson, if it's Joe Flacco, whoever the quarterback is for the Jets, whoever the players on the field, they're not going to take a car accident's worth of physical punishment to lose on purpose. They're going to go out there and they're going to give it their all. So when you look at this matchup, the New York Jets hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously going to be considered a very tall hill for the Jets to climb to get this upset. But Washington was viewed a very tall hill to, to get that upset. The New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill at the quarterback was viewed in a similar type of situation. So never say never any given Sunday, all the cliches you want to throw out there. What are the key matchups for your New York Jets going up against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad? You know, the one I'm looking at right now is Zach Wilson versus Todd Bowles. Now, Todd Bowles, of course, is a former Jets head coach. Yep. And I get the impression he was not thrilled with the way the Jets organization ran the time he was here. <laughs> and I kind of get the feeling this is a big revenge game for Todd Bowles. Yeah. And listen, to be fair to Bulls, the Jets were completely dysfunctional. I said it on Wednesday's episode of Locked On Jets. I don't think there was there were many coaches who would have succeeded with the situation the Jets had at the time he was here. Now, Bulls made some mistakes along the way, and I think you know those are things he'll need to learn from if he's going to be a successful head coach. But Zach Wilson's been okay over the last few weeks. He's had a really rough beginning to his season. He's been more efficient. He's been less mistake prone, but I don't think you could say Zach Wilson's going out there and playing great right now. And he hasn't played great defenses. This is going to be a bigger test, I think, this week, especially against a coordinator like Bowles, who can be very difficult for 
a young quarterback to go up against. I'm still looking for that signature performance from Wilson, that performance where you, you look at it and you say, you know what, if he can channel that consistently, now we've got something. And listen, it's always tough on rookie quarterbacks. I think looking back on it, if the Jets were being honest with you, they would admit they should have brought somebody in to allow Wilson to sit a little bit, at least early in the season, develop from the bench. He was not ready to play from week one, and the Jets kind of miscalculated that. This is going to be yeah. a tall order. And if Wilson goes out there and plays a good game against this defense, there's still lots of talent on this defense. And Bowles is a very solid defense. Say what you will about him as a head coach. He's going to throw some wrinkles at Wilson that Wilson's going to have to be able to decipher. And I think for Jets fans, it, it, as much as you want to win this game, it's as, uh, as much about big picture stuff over these last two weeks for the Jets. I mean, you mentioned it. There's not going to be any tanking. I think – to the extent there's tanking in the NFL, and I do think people overstate how the extent to which teams tank, but if you're going to tank for in the NFL, it's going to be for a quarterback. The Jets have their quarterback. So right. what they want is they want to see Wilson go out there and play well. And listen, I don't care how much you want the Jets to lose for draft position. If Zach Wilson goes out there and plays a great game and the Jets win, you're not going to complain because that's the best thing possible for the franchise. Now let me yeah. flip the script. Let me ask you, what's the key matchup you're looking for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, so I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go on the secondary. And, I mean, the secondary Bucks fans aren't going to be blown away by this in any way, shape, or form. But when you're going up against that rookie quarterback and you're going up against, you know, a, a wide receiver crew, that can still – again, these are still NFL players, right? And we tell Buccaneers fans all the time uh, it takes an, an extreme amount of athletic ability and talent to suck in the National Football League. So even one of the quote-unquote worst teams in the NFL is is still very, very full with athletically talented people. So if you don't play discipline defense on the back end, it doesn't matter what Todd Bowles draws up. If Zach Wilson's got a wide open receiver five yards off the line of scrimmage, in theory, he's going to be able to find him. And if that causes Todd Bowles to maybe relax on the blitzes a little bit, maybe drop more guys into the intermediate part of the field, and your secondary isn't covering well into the deep part of the field, Zach Wilson still has an NFL caliber arm to find those receivers deep. So obviously you can't come in kind of you know counting your chickens uh, before they're hatched and all those things. I think this coaching staff is going to do a good job of making sure the Buccaneers understand the mission which is to go out there and win in dominant fashion as best as we can. But period, bottom line up front is you have to come out with the win. And for the New York Jets offense, they're going to need some big plays. And I think you're going to be looking for a little bit, as many short drives as you can get. So for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on a defensive standpoint, put them in third downs, keep them in second and longs, get them off schedule, as everybody likes to say, play solid defense from front to back, but especially in the secondary. If Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting can't come off of the COVID-19 list, you got guys like Richard Sherman uh, and, and, and Ross Cockrell and some other players are going to be on the field who uh, have actually had a bit more playing time this year than usually you probably would expect them to. But it's going to be a little bit more experience, a little bit more of an opportunity for them to come out and do it. And then, John, flipping over the offensive side of things for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it's a rush offense. And they're actually starting to climb the ladder just a little bit. When I, when I did a crossover uh, with Joe Marino of the Locked on Bills podcast, we talked about how the Buccaneers rush offense was almost near the bottom of the league. They're still down there, 25th overall in the NFL. But what you're seeing is much more running coming from this Buccaneers offense. 30 carries uh, last week against Carolina Panthers. I think that's kind of indicative of what the Buccaneers want to do here at the end of the season. If they can control the clock, control the ball, the injuries have been mostly on the defensive side of things. So the longer the defense uh, for Tampa Bay is on the on the sideline, resting, relaxing, getting ready to play under Todd Bowles, the less chance you have of an injury. And of course, if you're putting up points in the process as well, it forces the Jets to get one dimensional. And we all know what happens when offenses have to get one dimensional. So I think you're going to get a heavy dose of Rojo, Ronald Jones. You're going to get a heavy dose of Keyshawn Vaughn again. And if they can get some running game going, again, those 30 carries, uh, I think compared to 31 pass pass calls 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. And I think you want to see a, a very big, a uh, so very similar approach this week from Byron Leftwich in that offense. Uh, and John, for you going from, from Zach Wilson to the defensive side of things, how do you, uh, where do you think the, the Jets have to win in order to stop Tom Brady and Antonio Brown? Well, at the risk of being of a cliche, I think it's line versus line. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that for this Jets defense, it all revolves around the defensive line. They have some talent issues on the second level and the third levels of this defense. And when this defense has performed this year, which has not been, which has not happened much, Jets have arguably the worst defense of the NFL. But the games the defense has put it together has been the defensive line taking over up front. It is a unit that has legitimate talent. Can't say that about the entire Jets roster, but on the defensive line, there is talent. Now, they're depending on getting some of those guys off the COVID list. John Franklin Myers, a very solid interior-type defensive lineman who does kick out to the defensive end. He's been kind of up and down, though, this year. He actually got a big contract extension earlier in the autumn, and ever since then, aside from a game against Houston, he's been very quiet after a big beginning to the season. Quinton Williams was just put on the COVID list Sunday before the game against Jacksonville, so it's not clear what's going to happen with him. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Fatakasi could be coming back. Jets defensive line needs to cover for the deficiencies, the other part of this unit. So I, I think it really comes down to line versus line. And that's going to be a pretty consistent theme if you watch the Jets over the course of the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, listen, some of these cliches in sports and in life in general are there for a reason. And that's one of those. You win the trenches, you tend uh, to win the game. And going to Tom Brady, everybody knows me. He keeps breaking off these like 11 and 12 yard runs for some reason. Everybody's terrified when he tries to do it. But if you can get into Tom Brady, you get some pressure on him. That's where you have the chance to potentially cause some problems for that offense. And, and look, if, if Antonio Brown's the main guy on the field, those guys did pretty well against Carolina Panthers defense. But again, every weekend, another opportunity for a potential upset. And if you're looking to put money on the game with our friends over betonline.ag, like we talked about before, you're going to have to be pretty confident if you're going to take the Buccaneers uh, with the spread and with the point. And John and I are going to talk about our reactions, and our opinions about that spread, and then keys to victory for each side of this matchup coming up. Segment three here in the Locked On Podcast Network. Crossover Thursday, looking at this Jets and Buccaneers preview for Week 17. Wrapping up this Week 17 crossover edition on, on the Locked On Pack Podcast Network. Locked On Jets, Locked On Bucks. John Butchko, host of the Locked On Jets Podcast. David Harrison, one of the hosts of the Locked On Bucks Podcast. Find me on Twitter as well, at dharrison82. And John, let's get into these betting odds. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers favored to win by 13 points in this game so nearly two touchdowns which you know odds makers typically i don't know any personally but the the old saying goes right that they usually give the home team kind of a field goal advantage just to start so in theory almost a 16 points uh, uh look towards the buccaneers how do you feel about that spread do you think that's realistic or do you think that's uh, maybe a little bit overconfident uh versus what the buccaneers are going to see against the jets I think it's completely fair. I mean, the Jets have been one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. The Bucs are the defending Super Bowl champion. They're right there with anybody in the NFC this year. And beyond that, I mean, this is probably just the Jets fan of me speaking, but I have a PhD in watching Tom Brady destroy the Jets. So I know he's having a great year. He's probably on his way to an MVP, well-deserved. Whenever I see Tom Brady on the other side, I'm expecting bad things to happen to the Jets. I mean, him going to the NFC was one of the greatest things that could have happened to the Jets. Now we only have to see him once every four years instead of every, twice every year. So we'll just take this one for what it is and move on. And then we won't have to see Brady again for another four years. And he'll probably still be playing at that point. Cause I've, you know, I used to be a skeptic on it. You know, Brady used to talk, oh, I'm going to play into my forties. Like there's no way he's going to make it into his forties. Well, he sure proven me wrong. So I'm now of the mindset that Brady is going to play forever and he's going to destroy the jets whenever he plays them. So I say fair, fair stat line jets defense has been awful this year. You know, lots of, you know, even with 
a lack of clarity on who's going to be in the lineup for the Buccaneers. I just think the Jets are going to have a tough time in this one. Yeah, and, and you look at you talked about it, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, second in the league right now and scoring with 29 and a half points on average per game. And, and when you think about the fact that they laid a goose egg against New Orleans Saints, so that's an entire game with zero points. Uh, it's actually fairly a little bit more impressive. So again, we're kind of putting the positive spin on losing to a division rival there here uh, for the Lockdown Bucks podcast. Um, and then the, the Jets allowing almost 30 points a game, 32nd, like you said, dead last in the National Football League. So it seems to be a fairly... Uh, you know, predictable outcome that the Buccaneers are probably going to score right around 30. The Jets probably going to give up right around 30. And then the Buccaneers are giving up about 20 while the Jets are scoring about 18. So 30 to 20 seems like a fairly simple mathematic equation to come to that doesn't cover the spread 13 points. I think you have a Buccaneers team that's a little bit on a mission uh, kind of, you know, to show the rest of the league as we get into this playoff hunt that they are still maybe the bullies or one of the bullies in the NFC, in the NFL kind of show teams as they get ready the playoff push the guy you know guys like the Packers and, and the Rams and and all those other teams that are in contention maybe that they still need to worry about this team despite some of the losses that they've had that have been a little bit ugly I like the spread I see why the the odds makers would go there I don't know if I think the Buccaneers will win this game by 13 points simply because again I do expect them to run the ball a lot which shortens the game which also minimizes the opportunities for scoring uh over-unders at 45 points John how do you feel about that over-under I think against this Jets defense, you got to take the over. Uh, yeah. This Jets defense has been awful all year long, and against this Buccaneers offense with so much firepower, even if the Jets offense doesn't have a big game, I, I see Tampa Bay putting up a lot of points. So I, I like the over in this one. Now, yeah. David, let me tell you that in twenty twenty two, the segment any segment of Locked On Jets involving me making predictions will be taken out of the show because I've been awful making predictions all year. So take that for <laughs> what it's worth, but I will go with the over there. Yeah, no, uh, you know what? It's been an offseason, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, last year, uh, our friends over at Tally's site, James and I still kind of make predictions on there every week. Last year, we killed it, man. We were like top top 10, I think, among media members making predictions this year. I don't even want to talk about where we were ranked, so we'll just move on to our keys to victory. We talked key matchups. We talked about some of the biggest storylines, COVID striking big across the National Football League right now. John, what is the one thing, like if you have Robert Sala's ear, and you tell him your squad has to absolutely do this in order to upset the Buccaneers, what is that one key to victory i think the jets are going to have to steal a possession along the way whether it's an onside kick whether it's a turnover i mean i think play they can't play toe-to-toe against the buccaneers but if you're looking for something schematic because you know it's easy for me to say oh get a turnover but schematically the jets are going to have to change their approach on defense because this is a pretty simplistic defense the jets have run most of the season on first and second downs lots of cover three lots of quarters coverage they don't mix it up that much and against Brady, that's a recipe for disaster. So they they try to keep it simple because they have a lot of young players in the lineup. But this is a week, and it's tough because you don't know who's going to be in. So through the week, you know, the players could be moving in and out of the lineup, which makes it difficult. But they have to find a way to disguise their looks better than they've done all season because it's just not going to work against Brady. We've seen it too many times. What's your key to victory? Yeah, you just have to rely on the running game. You know what I mean? Whether uh, no matter who it is that's carrying the ball, whether it's Keyshawn Vaughn, whether it's Ronald Jones, whether it's you know somebody else that they bring him from the practice squad to the, the, the day of the game, whether it's wide receiver Cyril Grayson on an end around, whoever's carrying the ball, lean on the running game. Too many times uh, we've seen this Buccaneers offense, John, go away from the running game and get super pass heavy. And I know that's easy to kind of do when you have a guy like Tom Brady as your quarterback. And Tom Brady's influence is definitely felt on that offense. And that's kind of where I'm, I don't want to call it worried, but I'm a little bit concerned that maybe they're going to go a little too pass heavy. Again, Bruce Arians on the COVID list may not be able to come back in time. Again, new protocols. He may be able to be on the field, but if he's not, Harold Goodwin is going to take over the reins as the head coach for the game. Byron left, which will stay in his offense coordinator role. 
And I just worry that without Bruce Arians there to kind of say, listen, we need to hammer the run game or whatever uh, we need to do, uh, even though Bruce is also known for being, you know, no risk, no biscuit, big shot type of guy. I just think that this team needs to kind of take a lesson from Carolina. Tom Brady can't get injured if he's not getting hit, right? And if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, then theoretically by rule, and I don't think the New York Jets are dirty, he can't be hit. So let your running game lead the day. Even if in the beginning the Jets kind of come out and expect a little bit of what I expect and say, listen, they're probably going to try to run the ball early. Let's stop it. Let's force the ball into the air. Maybe see if we can get a tip pass, an interception, like you said, steal a possession here or there. Still, lean on that run game. Don't go away from it. And even if the pass game starts to win, starts to succeed, it only takes one play for a disastrous strike. You've already lost Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is dealing with a hamstring injury, even off the COVID list. Antonio Brown came back for one week. Now he's on the injury list again. Keep your big play weapons healthy as long as you can by leaning on the run game as best you can. I think that's key to this victory, John. If that happens, I don't know if the Buccaneers will will clear the 13 points, but I think they'll come away with a win. Unfortunately, the New York Jets uh, will will come away with a loss one step for, uh, towards the NFL draft while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look to take one step forward towards the NFL playoffs. John Butchko, host of the Locked on Jets podcast. I'm David Harrison, again, one of the hosts of Locked on Bucks podcast on Twitter at DHarrison82. Find my co-host at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Find the show at Locked on Bucks. And David, let me, I just want to give a special shout out to my two nephews who have given me their room to as a makeshift studio. Yeah. If you're watching this, you may see I have some butterflies over my shoulder right here. And that's, I have two nephews under form traveling with the family. So special shout out to them for lending me their room for this podcast. Thank you again for making this crossover Thursday episode your first listen or view of the day. And you're making your favorite Locked On podcast your first view or listen every single day for your next one. Check out Locked On Bets. Maybe they can give you a little bit more of a concrete answer on these, these betting lines and these over-unders than we can because they are your daily one-stop shop for all your gam- gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms, just like Locked On Bucks, just like Locked On Jets. Again, for John Butchko and Dave, I'm David Harrison. Thank you for joining us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Crossover Thursday, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.